0: right in there and I thought what am I going to do so I tried to go forward and got stuck and obviously got stuck right there and so I'm trapped right there between my driveway and the alley and so I'm like oh man I cannot believe this so I open my door go inside I'm like April the car's stuck and of course she gives me the I told you you shouldn't have done that speech and I said it's okay I'll take care of it so I go back out there and I'm like I don't know what I'm going to do all of a sudden this lady pulls by in a truck I'm like why is this lady out so she pops out of the truck and she says, Ernie, do you want me to help you? Now, I'm not chauvinistic in any way, shape, or form, but let me tell you, when a lady pops out of her truck and says, Ernie, let me help you, I said, okay, let me, how are you going to help me? She said, well, I've got a chain in my car, and we'll, I'll just pull you out with the chain. I said, why are you carrying a chain? She said, I've been doing this all morning. Don't worry about it. I know what I'm doing. I said, great. So she comes over, she hooks the chain in the back of the, underneath the freestyle, And I thought, oh, my goodness, I hope April's not watching. But anyhow, uh, so she hooks it up there, and she said, just let it go back. Don't worry about it. So we started going back, and we were not really making a lot of progress. And so I began to get a little frustrated, so I kind of, you know, I began to get antsy. I know that's hard for some of you to imagine. And so I, I, I don't know what I was thinking. I opened the door when she was pulling me back. And next thing I know, the door is like this. Now, I got out of the driveway, no problem. I got back in the driveway, and I tried to shut the door, and it wouldn't shut. So I thought, I've got to go in until April. Now, what I thought about doing is I thought about going and driving the other one, ripping off the other door, and then we would have a Jeep. It would look much better, but I didn't think she would find that funny. So, I went in and told April, and the rest is history. I'm still not allowed to drive the freestyle. Anyhow, uh, but, but I thought about all we need. All we need. This morning, we're going to look at a miracle of Jesus. This miracle is recorded in all four Gospels. Every miracle that Jesus performed was powerful and significant. But this miracle must have been very significant for it to be recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The miracle, perhaps, is one of the miracles that uh, Jesus uh, performed that is probably most known to most people. Jesus traveled the way across the Sea of Galilee to try to get some rest. He was, try- he was tired. And a large crowd began to follow him. Some were looking to see what this man was about. Some were looking to listen. Some were looking just to learn. And as evening approached, their stomachs began to growl. And they probably began to realize it's supper time. And so the twelve disciples, who they looked to as leaders, were faced with the responsibility of trying to include these, what the Bible says is, 5,000 men And we know that from other Gospels, there was probably women and children there as well. And so the disciples probably in their mind were convinced that this was impossible. That no way could this mission happen that this was impossible. Except for Jesus. And you see, Jesus used this situation, used their hunger as a way to teach them one of the greatest Lessons ever taught. First of all, there was a serious shortage of two things this day. First of all, the crowd lacked food. It's very obvious. There was a huge crowd gathered there. And John notes in verse 10 that the men alone was about 5,000. Matthew tells in his gospel in Matthew 4 that women and children were there as well. Some Bible scholars estimate that the crowd could have been numbered at least 20,000 or even more. And they were simply hungry. As we look and as we think about the crowd, I believe this crowd also symbolizes a picture. It gives us a picture of every person without the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether we realize it or not, whether a person realizes it or not, there's a hunger. In the heart. There's a hunger in the human heart that Jesus and only Jesus can satisfy. And as we look today at this world, we're trying to constantly satisfy and constantly trying to satisfy our hunger. Deeper than just hunger with food. We're constantly trying to satisfy that different. Maybe it's with possessions. Maybe it's with stature. Maybe it's with prestige. But that hunger can only be satisfied by the Lord Jesus Christ. But you see this morning, the crowd lacked food. But there was another shortage. Not only did they lack food, but they also lacked faith. Look this morning at five, verse 5 and 6. Then Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him. He said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in his mind what he was going to do. Jesus was giving Philip a little bit of a test just to see how Philip would respond. I'm sure if they had calculators back in that day, Philip would have pulled out his calculator or his iPhone and started figuring out the number. How much food it would take to feed all of this people. Listen to what Philip says in verse 7. Philip answered him, eight, Eight months' wages would not buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. I'm not sure what answer Jesus was looking for. But Philip gave an answer of, I don't know. We need money. We need eight months' wages that would take care of this. And so Philip looked at the crowd, looked at the money, and thought, this is impossible. You see in verse 9, Andrew did a little bit better. While Philip was running, running, Andrew went over looking for food. And he finds a little boy. Look at verse 9. Verse 9, here is a boy with five barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go amongst so many? Again, Andrew's looking at the crowd and thinking, well, Jesus, I've got five loaves and i got two fish, but I'm not sure, I'm not sure how far this will go. Again, a lack of faith. You see, they knew, the disciples knew what Jesus could do. They had seen Jesus turn water into wine. They had seen Jesus heal the nobleman's son. They had seen Jesus heal a man at Bethsaida. And yet sometimes they still didn't get it. They had seen everything that Jesus could do, and yet they didn't get it. Isn't that what we are sometimes? We know what Jesus can do. We've seen what Jesus can do. Many times we've witnessed it with our own eyes. We've seen it in our own pocketbooks. And yet sometimes we lack that faith as well. Jesus might have thought to himself, it's frustrating to perfectly illustrate a point, yet be people so slow to understand Why didn't they get it? I don't know. But sometimes, I don't know why I don't get it. Sometimes I doubt God. Sometimes we doubt God. I found this earlier this week. It said we are saying one of two things. When we doubt God, we are either saying that it's impossible or we're saying that it's illogical. The next time you think something is impossible, remember the words of Jesus from Luke eighteen twenty-seven: What is impossible with men is, impos- is not, is possible with God. Let me read that again. What is impossible with men is possible with God. The next time you say something is illogical, remember Isaiah 55, 9. For as, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts are even your thoughts. What seems ridiculous to man is reasonable with God. Every problem you have is an opportunity for you to believe in God and for God to bless you. The next part of this story, we see a selfless boy. All four of the Gospels write it, but this is the only Gospel that talks about The little boy. This little boy must have been very special. Let me tell you why. First of all, he shared. The little boy had barely enough barley to feed himself. When I think of loaves, I think of a big loaf of bread. That I would go buy at the grocery store or something like that. I don't know how big or small these loaves were, but a couple commentaries I read, they said they were small as some of the wafer crackers. And when I think of fish, I think of big fish. Well, not that I've ever caught any big fish, but I think of them anyhow. But they said this little boy was just carrying the, the little fish. Enough for, for himself, enough for him just to have something to eat. And yet, this boy shared. He shared his lunch. He shared his supper. What was transferred to Christ, what was given to Christ, was transformed by Christ. What this boy had was valuable because he made it available. He's also very special because he cared. Nobody made him do it. Nobody forced him to do it. Nobody bribed him to do it. He didn't simply say, look, I'm a little boy with very little. I don't have enough. He simply cared. And then finally, number three, he dared. He dared to believe that Jesus would do this. There were 12 grown men, disciples there, who I'm not sure what they were waiting on. And yet this boy dared enough to give his food away. The little boy had enough faith without reservation or without hesitation to give his food away. I love at the end of the story there, In verse 13, it says that there were 12 baskets left over. I don't know if it's coincidence. I'm not sure it is. But that was one basket for each disciple to take home. And to remember what God had done that day. What God had done through a little boy. Through a boy because he shared through a little boy because he cared, and through a little boy because he dared. I hope this morning as I said those three things, I hope this morning that you were thinking to yourself, you know, I could be that little boy. I, I could do that. I, I could do that right now. I could share, I could care, I could dare to take a risk. But most importantly in this lesson, I do not want to forget this morning, that we have a sovereign Lord. We see in this lesson this morning that it was very important to have the loaves. It was very important to have the fish. But without Jesus, we have nothing. Look at verse 11 with me this morning. Jesus then took the loaves and gave thanks and distributed them among them as much as they wanted. This verse here where it says that he gave thanks was the exact same word that Jesus used at the Lord's Supper. You see, the bread was blessed for the feeding of the 5,000. But it gives us such a bigger picture. It gives us a picture that Jesus is the bread of life. In verse 35, later on down the road, Jesus says, Jesus declares, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. You see, the miracle is not just about material bread baking. In an earthly mother's oven... To meet a physical need. Yes, that was accomplished that day. But it's about a spiritual bread. A bread that is prepared by our Heavenly Father to meet our spiritual need. Because Jesus is all we need. So what do we learn about? What do we learn about Jesus as the bread of life? First of all, He's the source of life. We've been studying in basic training about Colossians. Colossians 1.17 is our key verse. And we talked about how he was before all things. And he is the firstborn over all creation. That he is the source of life. Verse 25 and 27. Let's read that this morning. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. You are looking for me, not because you saw miraculous signs, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. On him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. And yet, I think sometimes people still didn't get it. They heard Jesus speak and they heard him say so many things, yet I think there were some times that they just didn't get it. They didn't understand that Jesus came more than just to fill their stomachs that were growling. But he came to keep their souls from perishing. And I believe that's for us as well today. I believe that we need to understand that Jesus is the source of true life. Number two, he's the supply of life. Jesus fed the crowd that day. The disciples probably had to keep coming back to Jesus for more loaves and more fish. I I don't know how it happened that day. I don't know the picture. I can picture it in my mind. But you see, he was the source and the supply of that food that day. But you see, it goes so much deeper. Because you see, he's the supply of life. Jesus says in John 10.10, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Too many people in our brotherhood have taken that verse and said, well, that means you're going to be rich. That's not what it means. It means that Jesus will give you. He will give you what you need. He's not interested in adding years to your life, but Jesus is interested in adding life to your years. Without Jesus, we do not have life. Without Jesus, we have nothing. He is the supply of our life. We don't have existence. We may have existence. We may be here, but without Jesus, we do not have true life. Number three, he is the sufficiency of life. I don't know how they figured this out. I couldn't have figured it out. I'm not this smart. But it was estimated that it would have taken 15 tons of food to feed the crowd. Listen again what he says in verse 11. Jesus then took the bread and gave thanks and distributed those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. It's amazing that it says in there that Jesus gave them as much as they wanted and they were filled. No one was left going away hungry. What does that tell us? It tells us that Jesus is sufficient for all that we want and even for all that we need. God has given us so much. He's given us the sufficiency of life. He's given us everything that we need. And on many occasions he gives us everything that we want. And finally, he's a satisfaction of life. Verse 12. When they had had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, "Gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted they were all satisfied yet they were they needed jesus to be satisfied i love what verse 35 says again then jesus declared i am the bread of life he who comes to me will never go hungry and he who believes in me will never be thirsty Pascal said, there's a God-shaped hole in every life that only God can fill. Remember what it said, that no one could eat another bite and there were 12 baskets left over. Jesus is all we need. And yet, that's such a basic sermon. And yet, that's such a basic... Saying, because we all know it. But the hardest thing for us to understand is even though Jesus is all we need, do we really go out and live that 24 hours a day, seven days a week? It's hard, friends. It's hard to go out and live and just simply say, Jesus is all that I need. Imagine with me if when you woke up this morning, if you simply said to yourself, Jesus is all I need. Imagine the worries that could go away. Imagine the things that could be taken care of if we simply says, simply said, Jesus is all I need. I'd like to end with something that I think Greg read it some time ago, or I heard it in another sermon. Listen here this morning. There is not a problem he cannot solve. There is not a hunger he cannot satisfy. There is not a thirst he cannot quench. There is not a hurt he cannot heal. There is not a question he cannot answer. Jesus is named for every name man has. To the hungry he is the bread of life. To the thirsty he is the fountain of living water. To the sick he is the balm of Gilead. To the dying he is the resurrection of the life. To the darkened, he is the light of the world. To the outcast, he is the friend of sinners. Jesus, the bread of life, is all you need. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Let's pray. Father, you are so very good to us. And Father, I thank you for your word this morning. And Father, I thank you for Jesus. And thank you that he is truly all we need. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We're going to go ahead and close, excuse me, we're going to go ahead and do our invitation this morning. And if you don't know this Jesus that we've been talking about, this invitation is for you. Maybe you have a hurt this morning or something. Uh, Kent's here, I'm up front. If you need prayer, as we stand together and sing.